Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. Today we are recording in Defiance, Missouri at Frisella Nursery and our guest is Tony Frisella Jr. He is VP of Sales for Frisella Nursery. So Tony, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Really a tremendous place, really a fascinating place. And we talked a little bit during our walkthrough about the history of the business. So could you sort of talk about the background of Frisella and the background of Tony Frisella Jr., how you got here? Absolutely. My grandfather, Frank Frisella, started our company back in 1953, but before even we were incorporated, he started growing fruit trees in his side yard of his Ferguson house, uh, Ferguson Florson house, while he was working for Southwestern Bell, that was after World War II. And he was basically given an ultimatum where you either are going to work for Southwestern Bell and you know focus on what we're doing here, or you can go and focus on your trees and well, he chose the latter he was going to go and play with the trees so since then he grew from a side yard a little handful of trees to 10 acres and then 40 acres which a lot of people in st louis remember our garden center that was on north Lindbergh, mm-hmm. our 40 acre garden center there and then in 2005 we moved to our new facilities out in defiance where we are today 30 acre garden center out here and it's a tremendous facility. I didn't see one fruit tree the whole time I walked around. There's a few hiding. There's a few hiding out there. <laughs> so how did you come into the business then? What's your background? Well, naturally, I grew up in the business. And like my boys... Started with a shovel in your hand? When I was two years old, I have a, I have a, they have a photo of me shoveling snow with my father's <laughs> shovel because, you know, boys do what their fathers do. Mm-hmm. My boys do the same thing. I just love being around the tractors. I love being around the guys. I love being one of the guys. And so I, going out to the going out to the jobs, the crews, and just being around them, you know, cutting the string off trees and trying to dig a hole. And a lot of the guys would always make me feel like I was part of the team. And not just because I was Tony's son. They knew that I wanted to be there. They knew that I loved being around everybody. And, and uh, they just did a really good job of you know, taking me into the wing, showing me what to do, what I could do, what I was capable of to make me feel like I was accomplishing something out in the field. But even uh, when I was in grade school, my grade school was right across the street from our old facilities in Florissant on North Lindbergh, which, again, where most people remember us from. But I went to San Luis But I would always go to the re- – in recess, i go to the line in the parking lot where you can't go past just to see who I could see, who I could know that was out in uh, in the garden center moving trees around. Or, you know, hey, that's Adam, or hey, that's Matt, or hey, <laughs> that's, this, that's so-and-so, just because I was – that, that connection that I had – to the facility was was awesome. So literally, it's been in your blood since you were in grade school. Yep. And then, well, it's, it started to change though. As I uh, as I got older, started getting into high school. You know, working was not a problem. I was always a, I consider myself a very hard worker. You know, sometimes too hard. We would work more, I'd work harder than I would think through some uh, mm-hmm. of the things I was doing. But uh, as I started getting through college, and and I was starting to, think, yeah, you know what? Maybe I don't want to do the landscape uh, thing anymore. 
and I had a very nice job offer with Anheuser Busch the year that got bought, the year they got bought out, and it was still held through the buyout. But that was '08 that they were purchased, and then as the recession was taking hold fully in, in uh, 2009. Uh, I remember when you know we're, we just moved to this new facility three, four years prior, and my dad was pretty stressed out about just you know this is a big gamble moving out here. You know we took a lot of the resources from our farm, our old farm, and from the old garden center, and transitioning everything over, put it into this place. And uh, to make it what we want it to be, we basically want it to be a destination garden center, not just for St. Louis, but f- you know for anybody that is into gardening, and. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to put this opportunity off for a little bit, and I'm going to stay back. I'm going to help out. I'm going to do what I can to you know, help him grow the company, help, help him get back on his feet. And so I went out that day and started to just knock on doors. And that's when I really fell in love, re-fell in love with the business is because I was able to offer our partners, whether it's a custom home builder or some of the existing clients that my father had or my grandfather had in some cases, you know, with what they're looking to do with their yards and what I had to offer. I was like, wow, there's something here. So I stuck with it a little bit longer. You know, I'm going to give it another year. And then I'm going to give it another year. And, well, here I am uh, 10 years later, still here and driving the company. So Well, and I think most people think about landscaping as what they see at the front door, what they see out their back garden. I don't think people really comprehend all the work that you do going into all the commercial landscaping that you're doing right now. There's a lot that we do, and it's broken up into different markets. So you have... Uh, the commercial world, which is basically bid install. So we're basically we're taking what an architect has already drawn up and we're putting a price together and then we're installing it. Now, now a lot of these projects are fantastic. Ballpark Village, City Foundry. We've worked at uh, BJ Barnes Jewish Hospital over the last 20 years a number of times. So we get to work at a lot of very well-known sites in St. Louis. Uh, but then on the custom home world, that's really where my passion and my where my design style thrives is because we're taking these blank slates and creating something out of nothing, literally, on top of a, that's going to overlay a brand new home. But then we have a lot of walk-in clients that will have an existing landscape that want to update it or want to embellish it a little bit or want to expand out or want to do something to add a pool, put an addition. And we do a lot where we can play off the existing landscape uh, layout and complement it in a different way. Now, this had to be a very unique and difficult year for you with the kind of rain we had this spring. Yeah, so we so we lost around 90 productive days 90 so far this year. days yeah. since September, since January. January. Since, since January 1. Yeah, since January 1. That doesn't include what we lost because the rainy season started in September of 2018, and that carried over into 2019. A stat that I heard at an AGC event was that we didn't have seven consecutive dry days since September. Until about June, until the end of June, so it's been a it's been a rough year. On layered on top of that, we you know we use a lot of the H two B visas, and we lost twenty two of our visa workers until five weeks ago, and with that we only had seventeen come back this year. So that's been another uh, struggle, especially with the labor shortages everybody's experiencing, and with us you know working with a lot, having having this visa program being reliant on it over the past fifteen twenty years. It's it's been a uh, difficult, it's been a difficult year. So, how have you been managing both the weather delays and the worker issue? 
So the the weather delay, we've been focusing a lot more on our maintenance end because we have a little more flexibility with schedule. So we're looking to build out our uh, maintenance division a little bit more, not be so heavy on the landscape, although landscape is really what we're known for right now. With the labor, we've seen the H, we've seen the visas issues coming years ago, and when we first said we've got to do something to offset this because this is one of the threats that we face, we didn't pay a lot of focus on it a few years ago. But we started to hey, we need to find some more year-round guys, year-round guys, year-round guys, and thankfully we got in that mindset earlier than a lot of other of the companies that rely on the visas, and we're able to pull on a lot of good guys. Now it hasn't we haven't been able to supplement completely out the visas but our goal is to over time to be able to do that so once we get our visa guys it's really a bonus that we can really double down on the amount of work that we can do the, you know not just the quantity of work but the quality of work the breadth of work that we can do so those 90 days are pretty much gone yeah but yeah. you can try to work on the workforce. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. And one of the things we wanted this year is because there was so much contention with the HCB visas, we said, you know what, let's not even factor them into any kind of budgeting for this year. Uh, but the one thing that we have, we don't have a crystal ball on is the weather. Uh, so the weather came and impacted us with those 90 days. Luckily, though, we did get our visa workers five weeks ago, so we're hoping that this last half of the year is going to be a wash. Now, you're the vice president of sales, so what's the direction that you're going for sales and marketing for the future of your company? So stepping back, back in 2012, 2013, something like that, something hit me like a ton of bricks where I looked at our company and said, we've been around for 60-something years, and this is this. And I'm, and I'm like, this is the only, this is all, this is the only place we are. So I was like, there's a, there's a lot. My mind, my vision is there's a lot bigger company on the horizon for where we're going. We have a team of very, very talented individuals, very talented across the board in many different facets, whether it's finance, whether it's marketing, not just landscape stuff, but we also have a very, very strong team of landscape construction backgrounds, of horticulturalists, people that have worked on Bill Gates' house, for instance. Uh, so we've got a lot of experience. Where this. money is no object. <laughs> so we have a team that is capable of executing on the vision of where I want to go because I don't want to just be in St. Louis. And you and I have talked about this before. Is, you know, St. Louis is great. St. Louis is my home. St. Louis is a hometown. I want to I elevate what people see here in St. Louis. And I actually had a brief conversation with Mayor Crewson about this on Sunday. Uh, that said, we've got to do something about the, about the landscaping here. You go to Indianapolis, you go to Columbus, Ohio, you go out west, you go to all these other cities. They're beautiful. The landscape, everything, mm-hmm. the interchanges. And there's a lot to be said about that. You, But today, you get off the planet Lambert. I mean, it's uh, what, what, do you, what do you see? Concrete. Exactly. So there's there's a lot to be desired here. And there's a lot to be said about, you know, how a landscape or how a city looks with the landscape. So... I see us being an influential company here in St. Louis in those regards, but again, growing more regionally uh, into some of the other cities is, is where I see us going. Now, you turned me on to the book Thinking Big, and obviously that's words that you live by. Yes, absolutely. So The Magic of Thinking Big is a book that uh, was handed to me by my, by my cousin, Andy Frisella, and uh, it's one that he lives by, but it's a book that I refer to almost every day. I go to the chapter ends after I read it just to keep myself relevant and, and he- keep myself in that mindset. Uh, I'm an avid reader. I read, uh, on average, 10 pages every single day. Very much so believe in educating and just constantly be filling your mind with any kind of content and information that's going to better yourself. And then also mitigating 
the content that is going to be negative or detrimental to your mindset, uh, whether it's people, you know, what you see on social media, because you, you can you can influence what you, you get buried exactly, in a lot of exactly, bad stuff exactly, real fast. Exactly, exactly. So, really putting yourself around positive influences is key to getting to where you want to go. Whether you want to build a big company or whether you just want to live a comfortable life, just everybody's vision is their own. But those are some of the keys that you have to have. That's what forward. I've heard called an accumulation of good days. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Power list. Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's really where you're take you're using that to move yourself and your company forward. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think we've made some we've made some uh, massive massive leaps over the past few years. 2014 to uh, 2017, we grew almost 400. percent That's wonderful. So, and then uh, we've had a lot of changes here at the company between 2017 and the first half of this year. Positive changes. Well, so we're we're really setting up for the next layer of growth that's that's around the horizon and you're looking at growing all three of those components that you talked about earlier yeah so we have so we have the well the landscape and which is the custom homes the commercial and just a lot of our uh, past clients a lot of referrals but we have our landscape maintenance division where we handle both residential and commercial we have our irrigation division but then we also have our retail wholesale so we uh, do a lot of wholesale. We grow a lot of our own plant material, not just for ourselves, but we grow it for a lot of our competitors and peers that are in the market. Uh, so do a lot of do a lot of work with a lot of different companies. A lot of the companies that people know are see out on the road. We we probably at some point in time partner with them to provide them with plant material. Now you have children of your own. Yep, I have two with one on the way. And are they uh, standing in the shovel? They got a picture with a shovel in their my, hand yet? My oldest always has a shovel in his hand. My youngest it has it for about two minutes and then throws it down, gets in the grave digger, and drives around the yard. And the uh, third is due in January, so we'll we'll see what he or she is, is inclined towards. So a growing business and a growing family at the same time. Yep, absolutely. Well, Tony, I appreciate it. anything else you want to share with folks before we wrap up here today. Something that I really kind of hit me this in the past few months is when somebody asks, well, "What do you do?" And, it's, and I had to think about it for a second. It's very easy to say that, yeah, you can you know, pay me and I'll put a shrub in your yard or a tree in your yard or whatever the case is. But I, I really don't think it's that, it's, it's, that not archa- it's, that, it's not that archaic. What we do, I believe, is we create an experience for an individual. Or it might not be an individual, it might be for a community. It depends. Are we doing a park project? Are we doing these commercial projects? Or someone's home? When people pull up to their home, they should have an overwhelming feeling that, that you get when you're excited or when you're moved in your chest and literally feel the day start to peel away layer by layer, layer by layer. And it doesn't have to be fast, it doesn't have to be slow. It doesn't mean that the stress of the day or anything that you're dealing with is gone, but it just it's, it's stifled a little bit. And I can speak to this uh, from my own experience, not from my own house because it's not there yet, but <laughs> from my client's house that when they let me come in and just, hey, what, what vision do you have? And we get to execute on that. I can pull up to their home and I get that exact same feeling so I can speak to what it is. And when I explain it to, to people that way, they said, that's exactly it. I, we didn't know how, why it was so fun to work with you or this, that, and the other thing, but, but, but that's it. You're, you're hitting it on the head. And it's about the emotional component. About and it can do with anybody's work. It could be you know, if you're a finance guy, or right? it doesn't matter. But working to get that emotional connection to your work and having your clients be able to react to it is probably one of the most powerful things and one of the things that gets me the most excited about working in this business. And I think that's one of the rewarding parts about construction overall is that 
construction creates an experience. Landscaping creates an experience. It's an improvement of the quality of life. And I think I'm hopeful that AGC of Missouri can help you realize those dreams. Uh, we've been talking about it, so I'm, I'm excited for the partnership moving forward. Tony, thanks very much, and uh, keep it growing. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO in the iTunes Store or on Google Play. As always, you can visit us at agcmo.org for additional downloads and information. Thank you.